everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the weekend warm-up. And you know what? This is the official kickoff of season three of the weekend warm-up podcast. That's right. It is the start of a new season. What better time to get this flipped around than the week that Bayern Munich starts its practices. They start training together this week. Already there are a couple of injuries. Conrad Leimer and Matthijs De Ligt are both training individually. Uh, for right now, at least anyway, they have some minor knocks. Of course, we know about Manuel Neuer. We will touch on him in a little bit. But yeah, it's a fresh start. Time for some optimism, right? We're going to be optimistic about all of this. <laughs> uh, and we're going to get started on season three right here, right now. And, you know, obviously this summer, there has been one prevalent theme. I know in the beginning, before the transfer window really kicked off, all of the focus was on Bayern Munich and their, I guess, what would you call it? It was a forlorn pursuit of West Ham defensive midfielder Declan Rice. Obviously, that did not work out. And since that point, things shifted very, very quickly to Tottenham Hotspur striker Harry Kane. Now, I will be the first to admit, it is exhausting following this tale, this transfer saga from, from story to story. It is tiresome. We are... I mean, we are tired of it at BFW, but so much is happening day to day, hour to hour. And as much as I may want to avoid this topic, I do just want to recap where things are, where they might be headed and take a look at the at the whole situation overall, because it is really confounding in a lot of ways. Uh, the biggest news of this week was not just that Harry Kane declared his 100%. Well, I don't know. Okay, let's let's rephrase this here. Harry Kane didn't declare anything. Reports say that Harry Kane declared <laughs> that he would like to make a move to Bayern Munich and no one else, nowhere else. So with knowing that, let's just go under the assumption that that is true, that Harry Kane does want to make a move to Bayern Munich if something can get done, and that he would gladly pack his family up and move to Germany. We did get a minor scare this week, if you were following this, that PSG was about to get its deep pockets involved in the pursuit. But that story was quickly quickly shot down as Harry Kane's entourage let it be known that he only has eyes for Bayern Munich. So now that you've gotten the PSG monster out of the way and all the money that they could offer, let's just operate under the grand assumption that Harry Kane would make a move to Bayern Munich. The thing that keeps eating away at me throughout all of this. And, and again, I've been like the doubting Thomas of all uh, of these rumors from the get-go. It's just that aside of not being able to see Kane wanting to move on, and listen, I will take the stories with a grain of salt here. I will, I will readily admit it is possible that if a deal could be worked out, Kane would consider a move. I will concede that. And I will happily eat crow, as I've said many times, if he does eventually make that move. But what keeps bugging me is how all of these stories keep tying back to Tottenham Hotspur not wanting to sell him and that he knows this. And we actually even got a report this week that he is kind of enjoying this position of being in power over both Bayern Munich and Tottenham Hotspur because he wins in this no matter what. So 
let's look at the situation. If Harry Kane does move to Bayern Munich, he wins. He's going to get a massive salary. He's going to undoubtedly win at least one trophy, if not more. And he is going to be able to establish himself in a new country, get on a big Champions League platform. It's a win-win deal for everyone involved. Bayern really needs a player like him. He really needs to win a trophy at some point. It all just makes sense, except for the fact that he's an Englishman and Englishmen do not move to Germany in their prime. If, however, Tottenham Hotspur decides not to sell Kane and they are going to draw a line in the sand, they are not going to, to sell him no matter what, Kane also wins in this scenario because if Tottenham Hotspur does not want to sell him to Bayern Munich, he gets to play out this season and then next summer, he'll be able to choose exactly where he wants to go. Now, you might say, well, duh, no brainer. He's going to Bayern Munich, but not so fast. If given the opportunity, we could see any one of a number of English teams get involved with Harry Kane. Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, believe it or not. We never know what's going to happen with Erling Haaland. He could be ready to move on once again at that point. So there are possibilities all over England for Kane. So this becomes immensely more complicated for Bayern Munich if this extends to next summer. So right away, two scenarios, two win-wins for Harry Kane. Uh, or I should just say two wins for Harry Kane, really. The third scenario is that Kane uses Bayern Munich for leverage. He really doesn't want to lo- leave Tottenham Hotspur. And then he gets a massive new contract from Daniel Levy, and everybody's happy. Harry Kane gets to break the Premier League record for goals. He gets to stay with the club where he made his mark, even though they might not win any trophies. And everybody is happy in the deal. So no matter what happens with any of this, Harry Kane wins. Tottenham Hotspur has a couple losing scenarios. Bayern Munich certainly has a couple losing scenarios. What I worry about most is that third scenario where Kane leverages Bayern to get a massive deal out of Tottenham Hotspur. That that really does concern me. It's one of those things where when you look at it, it almost makes too much sense. Harry Kane is a desired commodity in the transfer market. Everybody wants him. Anybody that needs a striker would take Harry Kane. He happened to pick the one club who strikes some fear into English clubs in terms of being able to get a deal done. Realistically, I'm not so sure that Bayern Munich really carries that much weight in England because I don't know that there's ever been an in their prime Englishman who has made that move, especially one who has had the profile of Harry Kane. And we saw it with Declan Rice and how he used the name of Bayern Munich to to really bolster his own transfer case. We've seen it with Kyle Walker where that came out of nowhere. It was really hot for a while. It's still ongoing, but in the end, Walker could end up getting a better deal from City than he ever would have had he not been linked to Bayern Munich. Now we see Kane going down the same road, maybe using the same tactics. And like I said, I will take this for what it's worth. And I'll believe the reports that he wants to make the move and that he only wants to make the move to Bayern Munich. But that doesn't mean he's still not going to try and leverage the situation to get a better deal out of Tottenham Hotspur. So to me right now, all of this is really up in the air. I can't say one way or the other what's going to happen. I'm still doubting a deal can get done. I still think the most likely scenario is that Kane ends up re-inking a deal with Tottenham Hotspur that is going to pay him a lot more 
think he'll be well on his way to breaking that Premier League goal-scoring record, and he might never win a trophy. And you know what? That might be perfectly fine for him. If, however, he does make the move to Bayern Munich, it will completely change the club. It will make Bayern an instant top three or four team in contention for the for the Champions League. And he really, I think, would have a drastic impact on Bayern's attacking unit. I think it, the whole game changes if Kane makes that decision. I just don't know. The latest figures we've seen is that it's going to take at least $100 million and when I say 100 million, we don't know if that's euros or pounds. And I think if it if it was pounds, I think it would be about 117 million euro. So it's a lot of money. And Byron has really been reluctant to go that far for anyone. So will they break the bank for Kane? I don't know. There are a lot of uncertainties as we really keep going on with this story and you know, like I said, for me, it's become a grind to cover this. And, you know, we're trying to do our best to keep everybody up to date with all the latest news. But man, sometimes just like in the Leroy Sané saga, when we started seeing updates like every hour, it's you just beat your head up against a desk and you're like, this is really I mean, do we really need to 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 write something about this or talk about this? And in the end, almost all of these stories have a different view on it they have a different angle and it's all important news and to be honest we keep seeing verifications of these stories where it's not just one outlet that's reporting something but we're seeing this uniformity between english sources and german sources and greater global transfer sources they're all lining up here with the same story and that's that harry kane would make a move to bayern munich that Daniel Levy does not want to sell Harry Kane and that three Bayern Munich is prepared to go out and get Harry Kane, but they are not prepared to exceed hundred million, whether that's Euro or pounds. I don't know, but those three things have been consistent across any geography. So where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I, I tend to believe everything about where we're at with this Bayern Munich and Harry Kane saga. I just think there's that gray area in the back that no one's talking about where Kane could pull the old switcheroo and just end up re-upping with Tottenham Hotspur, and those two entities will go on living happily ever after while Bayern Munich will be left scrambling, trying to decide whether they could get Dusan Vlahovic or Randall Kolomwani or Victor Osiman or even Nicholas Fulkrug. I think if you get down to the end of the window, this is going to get very, very interesting for Bayern Munich. The last thing they want to do is go into this season without a bona fide top-flight striker, even if they have to get a bridge solution to to hold them off until next summer, uh, whatever it takes, Bayern Munich is going to have to do something because they certainly do not want to send Thomas Tuchel into the 2023-2024 season without a target man who can get the job done in the box. One of the other big stories that we saw this week, and this is kind of crazy, is that there is just a, a laundry list of players who Bayern Munich reportedly is either wants to get rid of or is thinking about getting rid of. But the catch in all of that is that the players don't want to leave. Now, there are a couple of players who do want to get out of Bayern Munich, it seems, as fast as possible. And that it seems like Ryan Gravenberg and Alexander Nubel both would be open to a move. Both are unhappy with their current standing where on the roster of Bayern Munich. So both of them, it appears, would take a move undoubtedly if they were given a good deal. However, 
when you look at the names Leon Gretzka, Sadio Mane, Matisse Tell, and Marcel Sabitzer, none of them want to leave. And let's tackle these one by one. We'll start with Tell because his situation is the most curious, I think. It was rumored this week that Bayern Munich is really considering sending Tell out on a loan, particularly in the Bundesliga, so they can keep close tabs on him and that Werder Bremen would be a top-tier solution to make all of this happen. Uh, my condolences to Marco Polo on hearing that news. Uh, with that, Tell, though, his agent came out and said, nah, we don't wanna, we don't want to leave Bayern. We want to stay and compete for our spot. A really admirable statement. Uh, I don't know that it was the timing of it was proper. I, I get that he wants to protect his client and probably wants to keep him at Bayern because the kid wants to stay there. But it's probably a situation where the agent needs to let this process, see what the club comes to him with, and then reject it if he really feels that strongly. But either way, we did see Sport One's Carrie Howe come out and say that Tell would even be willing to play another position. Uh, which is interesting because both Julian Nagelsmann and, and reportedly even Thomas Tuchel might see Tell as more of a wing than a striker. So if that's the case and Tell wants to make that positional move and get some time at wing, it might be worthwhile to keep him, especially with Sadio Mane's status becoming very uncertain. We'll talk about Mane in a little bit. But with Tell, he's obviously a player who has a lot of talent. He is he has shown his dynamicism or dynamism, I can't ever pronounce that word. But either way, he has shown it when he steps onto the field. The biggest question is, where does he fit? Will he be a striker ultimately? Will he be a winger? We don't know. And in a in a way, I get that he wants to stay at Bayern. It's a great training environment. He can absolutely develop there, but he just won't get game time. And that's why, at least for me, I think alone would do him really well because he would get a chance to take on a bigger role on a team and I know he's young. I know that might be a lot of weight on his shoulders. But I do think that if he wants to really prove himself, doing it on a loan assignment would probably be better than with Bayern Munich. Now, it's got to be tough, right? Because we see all the top-tier facilities and services that Bayern makes available to its players. Certainly, you're not getting that at every club in Germany. And I think that that's part of the reason Tell probably wants to stay put is because not only do you lose all of those amenities, but you lose the ability to play with those top tier players day in and day out at training, which inevitably helps him get, it's going to continue to help him become a better player. All that said, I think Byron needs to take a look at what they have until they need to see him with a bigger role. He might not get that for another two or three years at Bayern Munich. And I think while he is eager to stay now, all of that could turn around pretty quickly if he's not getting the playing time that he needs. It's not even that he wants like maybe Gravenberg or Nubel, but it's what he needs. And I think that Byron really does want to see him because they want to be able to make a determination in what they have, what position that he can play. And if he's going to fit long-term into their plans, just because he looks like he has promise does not mean that Byron will ultimately want to keep him around. So Tell's situation will continue to be fascinating. will certainly be one that we follow as this thing all grinds on. As for Sadio Mane, this was to me maybe the biggest news of the week because multiple reports have come out, one from Kicker, one from Build, saying that Bayern Munich has told Sadio Mane, we're moving on, we want to sell you. Then Mane's camp came out and said, we're not going anywhere, we want to stay and fight for our spot at Bayern Munich. And then Bayern again met with him and said, dude, we want to sell you. We want to sell you for 20 million. 
Let's let's work together to find you a home. So now we're in the spot where, you know, obviously Mane showed up for team training and he will begin working with Bayern Munich. But it's very clear if the reports are true that Bayern Munich wants to be done with Sadio Mane. And I think that that's fair. I think he was a distraction and a disappointment in his first season. And I know there are legions of people that will tell me he didn't get his fair opportunity. He was injured, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't great before the injury. He wasn't great after the injury. He got in a fight with his coach. He got in a fight with a teammate, his agent, PR man, whatever he is, sort of bashed his teammates. That is more than enough to alienate yourself in a locker room. Bayern Munich is too smart to let that happen. It's going to be a bad situation. I can assure you that the minute his PR guy said it was his teammate's fault that Sadio Mane struggled, that was the final nail in the coffin. And Byron may have had the conversation with Mane before that, but after your PR guy who's supposed to be savvy goes out and makes that statement, you're done. You've already had, he already had two strikes against him with the locker room issues. Then to go out and do that, sorry, it's time to go. Sadio Mane, it was a nice thought. It was a really ill-fated idea to bring him to Bayern Munich in the first place. I'll go back to what I thought at the beginning of this. It was a panic move. They knew Robert Lewandowski was going to be moving in the coming weeks. Sadio Mane seemed like the biggest name out there. Bayern Munich wanted to put a Band-Aid over the situation. Unfortunately, a Band-Aid was not going to work. It solved nothing. And Mane came in, and he will probably ultimately leave with a very unsuccessful tenure at Bayern Munich. I think it's time. I think they do need to get rid of him. And it's not because I don't think he could come back and play better, because he obviously could. But... Like I said, three strikes, two locker room issues, and then your PR guy bashing your teammates. It's not going to work. doesn't fly in a professional locker room. Even though Mane himself didn't say it, PR guy is always a mouthpiece for his client. And I think the Bayern Munich's roster knows that. And I think that they're all well, too well established to really want to put up with any more Mane's antics. So uh, again, I get why Bayern did that at the beginning of all this, but I never really thought it was the answer. And obviously right now it's, it's a situation where Bayern more than anything probably wants to get him off their salary books because he's going to make what 23 to 25 million this year. If they can get 20 million for him on a transfer, hell, I would take 10 million for him just to, to unload the spot and maybe clear a roster space. I would do it in a heartbeat. I think it it's officially time. Bayern Munich and Sadio Mane need to part ways and move on. Marcel Sabitzer is another interesting case. Uh, Bayern Munich's given him every in, every indication that they want him gone. They sent him on loan the second half of last season after he had a very, very good first half. Sabitzer has pretty much done everything he's been asked to do since his acquisition. And sure, he did not perform in his first year, and he had a tough time working through things and, and adjusting to not being the man. Uh, and I'd still feel like that was a big thing for him is that he came to Bayern Munich, expected to get playing time and really didn't have anywhere to get it. So knowing that he, he put it behind him, came back, had a strong second year and of course made that move to Manchester United where he picked up right where he left off at Bayern Munich from the first half, had a great second half of the season and set him up to be a prime transfer target. Now, though, the interest isn't quite there. We've seen AS Roma 
show some interest in him. But right now, every report we see indicates that Sabitzer wants to stay and fight for his spot. Byron, on the other hand, want to get rid of him as quickly as possible and move on. So this is a weird situation. Again, Sabitzer, from everything we've read about him, wants a stable situation. He doesn't. He is not a fan of movement. He he is a, a big time family guy. So his priority is having his family consistent and settled into a spot. Knowing all of that, I get from his perspective why he would like to stay. But I also get what Bayern Munich is is working toward right here. They brought in Conrad Limer. They have the Leon Goretzka situation kind of up in the air. They still don't know exactly where Yashua Kimmich is going to play the six or the eight, and they're still linked with a couple of number six type midfielders. It's a lot of movement. I think that they're just looking to clear some space. So if they do opt to pursue a number six, a true number six, they will have the flexibility to be able to do that and won't have to worry about having an overloaded roster. And we all know Ryan Gravenberg, as we had talked about, is, is very unhappy and disgruntled with his position. We know that Rafael Guerrero can also play in the midfield. There are a lot of options there. We know Jamal Musiala, if needed, could drop back and play in the midfield. So I think at this point, it makes sense that Bayern Munich wants to get rid of Sabitzer, but it also makes a lot of sense why he would like to stay. In the end, I think something will get worked out. I don't know exactly where. I kind of hope that Sabitzer stays in the Bundesliga, although I don't know exactly where he could land at this point. I don't think going back to Leipzig is an option. Dortmund, it would seem, is a little bit of a long shot. And after that, where do you go from there? Do you go to Union Berlin? Do you go to SC Freiburg? I don't know. Uh, it's it's a lot to to really think about when you're a player who's as talented as Sabitzer. Uh, you know, most of the interest that he's had has come from Serie A. So a move to Italy might be in the cards for him, but does he want to take his family and put them into a situation of moving to another new country, having a bigger language barrier? I, I don't know. I don't know if that he's up for that, but we'll see. I mean, I listen, if Sabitzer stayed on the roster, I'd be okay with it because I think he showed last year he sat would sacrifice his own game for the team. He he undoubtedly gave up parts of his the best parts of his game to to work with Kimmich, and it was a very successful partnership. Uh, so Sabitzer has done a lot in my mind to to shake off that bad first year that he had. And let's keep in mind he was always a top notch locker room person. Unlike Sadio Mane, there were no issues between Sabitzer and a coach, Sabitzer and a teammate. Sabitzer didn't bash any of his teammates. It was a much more clean situation, and that's why I would tend to give him the benefit of the doubt over a player like Sadio Mane, even though they both had subpar first seasons at Bayern Munich. Finally, the biggest one of all of these people that want to stay but who Bayern Munich might want to get rid of is Leon Goretzka, who, again, we saw statements this week that Goretzka wants to stay and fight for his role. And I totally get it. Goretzka is comfortable. He's one year ahead of the Euros. He wants to be stable. He wants to establish himself. But it is a fairly risky move for Goretzka. We know that at least, it, I don't know. Okay, so I shouldn't say we know. But we see reports that say that Tuchel isn't the biggest fan of Goretzka. We also see reports that say that it's no secret that Bayern Munich would shop Goretzka for the right offer. So we know there's at least something out there where Byron could be putting out some feelers. I also understand Goretzka's standpoint that like he has been a starter. He has been a very good player. He has been uh, a Germany international. He has every box you want to check for a midfielder in terms of what he's capable of doing. It hasn't always resulted in success on the field, but 
over the past season, we saw many instances where a lot of Bayern Munich players underperformed. So for Goretzka, I, I get why he would want to stay. But I do think as this window grinds on that we're going to see uh, more opportunities for Goretzka to leave emerge, especially once Limer starts to assert himself. I personally think Goretzka is a better player than Limer, but it does appear as if Thomas Tuchel might not really want either of them to be the starter next to Joshua Kimmich. Believe it or not, uh, you know we we know what we've seen about Tuchel and Gretzka, but Tuchel also had no say in bringing Limer in. Limer was a Julian Nagelsmann acquisition. We don't really know if Tuchel wanted Limer or if he currently has any plans with Limer. So this could be another driving factor as to what might happen with Tuchel uh, in terms of going out and looking for another midfielder. Because bear in mind, it hasn't just been number six midfielders that we've seen Bayern linked to. We've also seen them linked to a number of number eight type midfielders, which would be a very ominous sign for both Goretzka and Limer. But again, when you look at all of these players, they want to stay because Bayern Munich gives them a great salary, a great opportunity to compete for trophies, a world-class training environment, top-notch facilities. They have the best of the best. So I understand why all of these players want to say it is a very comfortable situation. A, a, a it's a kind of thing where if you think about if you had to go into an office every day, would you want to go into some hole in the wall dump or would you want to go into some top flight world-class facility where you were basically given everything you needed? You know, for us office drones, it would be like the free coffee, the lunch, everything. No, you would want that better facility because if you're going to spend X amount of hours per day in a place you want it to be somewhere you like. You want it to be somewhere you enjoy. So I get it. And Bayern Munich has made itself a very attractive destination in terms of what it can offer to players. Unfortunately, it makes those players want to stick around even when the club really is trying to give them every indication that they want to move on. So we'll see what happens with all of those situations. Uh, you know, I would expect, Honestly, I would expect Tell to be loaned. I would expect Mane to transfer out. I would expect Sabitzer to transfer out. Goretzka is the one that I'm kind of leaning toward. They will sell him at the end of the window, uh, but I'm not positive. For the record, I would not get rid of Goretzka. I still think he's got just a lot to offer Bayern Munich, and I think he can work well with Kimmich. Whatever the case was last season, I honestly put a little bit more of that on Kimmich than anyone because it seemed like when they had that six slash eight relationship, Kimmich was the one that started to kind of ditch his six responsibilities in favor of being a little bit more offensive of a player. That said, I still think Kimmich had a great season last year. So what are you going to do? It's a, it's a tough spot. Goretzka obviously is a player that can complement Kimmich in the right situation, but it also is a, a case where Tuchel might not really want Goretzka around. So we'll see what happens. A couple of quick things I did want to finish off the show with. Uh, one of the funny stories I saw this week was that uh, Derek Ray had a tweet about Nicholas Sula and how he is like coming back in Terminator shape and that he is looking to prove all of his doubters wrong. It's very interesting for Sula because you know, obviously there were all the fat stories at Bayern Munich. And then we saw Hansi Flick didn't even call him up this summer because he was worried about his form and he wanted to send him a message. So Sula has been just taking bullet after bullet after bullet on this. 
I have always been one to poke fun at the fat stories because I think if you look at Sula, it's ridiculous to think that the dude is like fat and out of shape. I mean, come on. He is a bigger guy, yes. But when you're 6'4 and you're a center back and you run as fast as he does and you're as strong as he is, it's pretty hard for anybody to justify calling you fat or out of shape. So I've always, you know, in, in BFW, we've always poked fun at that, right? But I mean, a lot of people have really went after Solo with this. And the first thing I thought of was that scene from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where at the end of the movie, they get the list of everyone who bashed them on the internet. And all I can picture was this hulked up Sula getting that list of all the Twitter people who have bashed him or the BFW commenters or even the BFW writers who might have poked some fun at this. And Sula getting that list and showing up at everyone's house with Stroke Nine playing in the background, uh, kicks some ass, and and Sula just going to town on everyone who has said something bad about him. To me, that's <laughs> that would be the best all time scenario with this. But uh, hey, look, if all of this motivated Sula and Hansi Flick's uh, failure to call him to Germany this summer uh, was a wake up call, I'm glad because I I feel like Sula is. Really, a player that could be a Terminator type player at center back. He's so good on the ball. He's so fast, big, strong. He's got all those traits you want. I never wanted to get rid of him at Bayern Munich. I get that he and Flick had some issues. I get that, you know, he probably felt that he didn't get the support at the club that he needed. So I get why he wanted to leave. I do think that he's got a lot to offer. I do think, he, I still think he's probably got five, six really high level years left in him, just given his physical stature. And if he has embraced uh, the quote unquote Leon Gretzka plan, then, hey, good for him. I think he'll be a factor in the Bundesliga, a factor in the Champions League, and that he'll be able to make an impact on the German national team as well. The last subject, and I won't spend too much time rapping about this, but, uh, you know, we got the news this week that Manuel Neuer they, nobody wants to call it a setback, right? Nobody wants to say, oh, there's there's a delay here, blah, blah, blah. He's had something go on that's preventing him from training with the team, that's prevented him from uh, potentially going on the club's Asian tour. It's concerning. When you get to a player of Neuer's age and you have such a big injury like he had last year, especially when it was non-footy related, it's very, very tough to think he's going to come back the same. And the minute we saw this story emerge, that there was maybe a setback, that there was maybe something that he didn't progress as quickly as maybe everyone would hoped, it was a red flag for me. And I'm not saying that that Neuer can't come back and that he can't get it together, but Byron's going to have to assess the situation pretty quickly. We know that Inter Milan and Jan Sommer have agreed to personal terms how that leads to a deal between Inter and Bayern remains to be seen. It might be hard for Bayern to look to sell Sommer if Neuer is truly having some kind of issue. We know that Alexander Nubel is looking to get the hell out of Bavaria as soon as possible. We know that Sven Ulreich probably is loving life because he's got the best gig on earth. Johannes Schenk is another player who is with the club, but probably be sent on loan. And of course, Bayern has been linked to any one of a number of different goalkeepers out on the market. There are a lot of chips still to fall here, but the biggest one is determining whether Neuer is going to be ready. And if not, how long is it going to take for him to get there? Is this a case where you just might need a week or two extra to get ready and that missing the Asian tour is just an unnecessary or really just an unnecessary uh, thing that needs to happen for him to get back to 100%? 
I, I don't know. But I do know that if he's still having issues and that things are still a problem, it, it could be a it could be something that Byron is going to have to take seriously, especially because of how key Neuer is, how different the team plays when he's on the pitch. I mean, he's obviously a player who affects everything. He affects the way the team plays, the confidence they have. So if you're a Byron fan, it is a reason to be concerning. And and I will definitely be keeping an eye on it. Uh, it's a situation where if Neuer isn't ready to go, Byron's whole transfer strategy, what they can do this summer changes. And it could really have effects on the January transfer window as well, because in the event that Neuer is able to come back and it, it's just late, then Bayern Munich might have to ditch its plans of, of going out and getting a younger type goalkeeper to be the next one. And it might have to keep summer for another six months. And it might have to explore what is going to have to happen with Alexander Nubel, even though he doesn't want to leave. So a lot of open items there with Neuer. Hopefully he can make the recovery and get back to it. It does look like he's been doing some individual training. So that's a good sign, but uh, you know, I'll start to feel a whole lot better about this once he's joining the team and he's playing games with the team. That's about all we got for this week. So I appreciate you hanging in and listening as always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweetmeister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams seventy one. You can get I Need No Name at BFWIN. And then, as always, get all of our great writers and podcasters on the site BavarianFootballWorks.com. We are going through all of this transfer news. We are getting you ready for the upcoming season. We've got it all going on. So check us out multiple times a day. Especially my stories. I really like when you do that. Now, but seriously, read all the great stories we have there. We've got a bunch of writers who are contributing and doing some great stuff. So give them all a read. They are doing a tremendous job. Uh, I can't really thank them enough for how they're approaching covering all of these issues and angles. They are doing just a fantastic job. I honestly can't say enough. So I'm very blessed to have a great staff like that to be able to help really power the engine that is BFW. As always, uh, have a great weekend. Have a couple of beers on me. And we will see you next time.